This is a Federal News Network podcast. The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Roger Waldron of the Coalition for Government Procurement, which is entirely responsible for its content. Welcome to Off the Shelf with Roger Waldron of the Coalition for Government Procurement on Federal News Network. Off the Shelf gives a voice to commercial service and product companies selling in the federal market. Roger speaks to members and government officials about procurement policy, trends, innovations, and debate. Now your host, Roger Waldron. Today my guest on Off the Shelf is Chris Benetham. Chris is the Assistant Commissioner for the Federal Acquisition Services Office of Assisted Acquisition. That's a mouthful right there, but uh, Chris, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks, Roger, and thanks for having me on and inviting me. It's always good to talk, and I know that is a title that you run out of breath saying, so uh, we need to figure out how to shorten that. AAS, I guess, Assisted Acquisition (laughs) Service, and um, the rest of it's okay, good to say, so... Chris, we're good. today we're going to talk about AAS, the Assisted Acquisition Service, and the role you play in uh, supporting customer agency uh, mission in the procurement services and support that you provide. Um, and we'll get to all that. But first, I thought um, it'd be interesting to hear, you know, as someone who worked at GSA for 20 years, like sort of how you ended up at GSA and how you ended up in your current role. It's always that's always good stuff. Not to put any pressure well, one, on you. <laughs> one of my favorite topics, right? Let's talk right. about me. Right. Um, so I've actually been with uh, GSA for about 30 years, a little over 30 years. And I've had the opportunity to work in a variety of offices, which has given me a broad scope of the mission and how we serve clients across uh, Federal Acquisition Service and its legacy services of uh, Federal Supply Service. And uh, so I started in a regional office in in Philadelphia in the Atlantic, um, mid-Atlantic region. And I've been in both um, operational um, offices and I've been in support offices. So I've worked everything from our uh, customer accounts and and service delivery for clients to uh, travel and transportation logistics. I've worked in uh, the national capital region as well. I've worked in our European offices. Uh, I was, uh, right before I came to AAS, um, I was the chief of staff for Federal Acquisition Service. Um, So um, when I was looking to um, move on from that role, I was uh, thinking that the culture in AAS was one that I really appreciated. And that's how I made the leap here. And I've been serving in this role officially for about a year and a half. And I was acting in it for about two years before that. That's interesting. You know, you, what you described is very familiar to me in terms of starting in a region and doing all kinds of different roles within the agency. And I always felt like that one of the best things about GSA is there's lots of opportunity to do lots of different things. That's one of the really cool things about GSA. We're in this nexus that um, has us work with every federal agency and has us work with all these industry segments to serve the needs of the American people. And it allows us to touch on all parts of the process. And it is really cool work. Yeah. Yeah. You get to learn about industry, uh, customer agencies, and do all kinds of different jobs with an agency as well. Yeah. I I really got a lot of my time at GSA. Um, and you mentioned culture. So why don't we start there? Can you describe the culture to AAS and what drew you to it? Uh, I think that the what really excited me was the people and their passion for uh, what we do is really um, we're mission multipliers for federal agencies. And our folks in AAS don't just uh, sit down with the client. They kind of become the client, if you will. They embed their 
themselves and the client's DNA to really understand their mission and the outcome they're trying to achieve and work with them um, to build a solid requirement that's going to get the outcome that they're looking for. And from there, uh, our team then builds an acquisition strategy and plan to put in place and then manages that acquisition through its closure. So in a nutshell, we're helping agencies meet their critical missions. Right. So from that perspective, um, do you, to get, you guys these days, are you doing soup to nuts, like from the beginning, the rare, very requirements development? Do you assist agencies in that along with the, you know, the acquisition strategy and then ultimately executing the acquisition? Or where do you come in initially? Well, Roger, you know, in the best of all worlds, a client would know exactly what they want and in terms of their requirement. And yet we all realize that we don't live in the best of all worlds. So we often um, work with them to help flesh out their requirements if they need that. Uh, it'd be great if they come with a fully fleshed out requirement. And yes, we uh, do everything from the strategy of the acquisition to all that pre-solicitation work up to award. We award it and then we manage and project manage it over the life cycle. And since we do um, services acquisition, complex services acquisitions, professional services, IT services, that can be anywhere from, you know, five years is the typical time frame. Some are a little bit shorter, some are a little bit longer, but it's not just a one and done acquisition boom and we, we leave. It's kind of a relationship and that relationship is solidified over those years. You know, I say that the hardest sale, if you will, that we have to make is a client that's never worked with us before. They find that uh, once they work with us, they see the value that we provide. Right. In my time at GSA, I worked at a like federal computer acquisition center that did the same work, essentially. And are these teams, when you put, when you're working on these things, do you put together, your, does your team include both, you know, your folks and the customer agency folks, a kind of integrated team when you're going through these exercises and supporting the customer? Oh, definitely. We can't do the work that we do without the full support and buy-in of the client. The work that we do is highly complex. It's hard in the best of times. And the best of times is when the client is fully engaged. So uh, we certainly need the client fully on board. And with uh, some of the work that we do, and we do work in the hundreds of millions of dollars, uh, the, you know, the ceiling value of the, the contracts that we do. Some of that work requires the client to be a technical point of contact in that even if we are the core, you know, the contracting officer's representative, uh, we still need a technical expert that can tell us if they're getting um, the deliverables that they needed from the requirement. You have to be adaptive, ability to adapt and understand the thinking of the customer, right? If they're part of the team, they, and it's almost like, you know, your culture has to be able to, you know, adapt and be flexible to understand the way uh, the customer likes to do things at the same time being consistent to your model, right? It is challenging and it's it's more than just, um, sometimes you have to steer a customer into their own um, agency regulations, right? Which isn't necessarily an easy conversation. Not all the conversations are easy, uh, but they see, um, we build trust with them because we're honest with them. And uh, we certainly try to get them to where they're wanting to go, even if it's not the path that they were intending on taking. Yeah. And you've been, guys have been very successful at that. Can you talk a little bit about the growth at AAS over the years so where, in terms of your, the dollar value, what you're doing, the size of your staff, and also a little bit about your customer mix, who, who you're supporting these days? 
Well, it's just to give a little bit of background about the organization, because I'm not sure if the audience is familiar with AAS. I think if if you're listening to the show in the D.C. area, they're probably familiar with part of AAS, which is the FedSim organization. Um, but FedSim is just one of 12 client support centers that we have um, that are across the nation that serve clients around the world. And um, to address the question that you had about our growth, in the last five years, we've tripled, uh, we've seen triple the amount of obligations coming from clients to us to put on contract. So we've gone from, you know, four and a half billion up to about 13 and a half billion in obligations last year. That's an incredible, incredible amount of growth in a short period of time. And to, to, I attribute that to the great tools that we have in place that um, the category managers and GSA have put in place like Oasis, um, Alliant, things like that. Uh, so that has allowed us to see that astronomical growth. Along with that, um, we've seen growth in terms of uh, the size of the projects that clients are bringing to us. So they're voting with their dollars. I was talking about we build trust um, with our clients. They see the value we bring after we work with them and they bring additional requirements and uh, they bring us um, new requirements and they also bring us recompete requirements. I'd say 70% of our business is work with existing clients and then the other 30% is new work with new clients. So that shows you how much that uh, they trust and they come to us when they don't have the capacity or capability to do in-house acquisitions. So uh, from a workforce standpoint, and actually the workforce is the most important part of this, right? Uh, we right, can't do what right. we do without excellent folks on the ground um, meeting uh, those customer needs. We've doubled in size. Uh, we have about you know, a little over 700 employees at this point. I'd say give and take, you know, at year end, um, lots of folks leave in retirement. So just about 700 folks. And I would say our goal by the end of this year would be uh, 750 uh, folks. And so we've been hiring at a very fast pace, uh, very rapidly over the last uh, three or four years, probably 100 people a year. And that doesn't mean we plus up 100 because you always have that attrition rate. But uh, we are trying to keep up uh, with the the workforce and bringing in the additional resources that way. And we're also trying to bring in additional resources in terms of support contracts or other creative ways that we can reduce workforce burden for them. So folks come to you because you're doing a great job and they come back to you like recurring support um, because they're happy with what you've done. It's part of it too. It sounds it's to me, one of the things that AS does in certain senses leverages expertise, right? You've got this staff, 700 folks, focusing on procurement, you know, 24 hours a day, literally, right? And that's a, a service that agencies organically these days don't have. Uh, is that part of what you see from a growth perspective? I think there's a few things that have attributed to it. And it's not just 1102s that we have. We have a whole bunch sure. of project management staff, right? Right. Uh, and uh, that's allowing us to ramp up. But I think you've seen astronomical needs and the budget in terms of even just the last two years uh, with the um, the COVID pandemic, uh, you've seen a tremendous need increase across federal agencies at the same time as you've seen a difficulty um, with retaining staff. And that's not just a government thing. That's a um, an industry. It's like ubiquitous. A, yeah. It's yeah. everywhere. Yep. Um, so I think people are feeling challenged and pinched just from their own agency missions. And so they're turning um, to assistance wherever they can get it. And, uh, you know, traditionally, in every given year, uh, I'd say 85% of our, our client business is with DOD and DHS. 
And then, you know, that other 15% is going to be civilian agencies, a mix of them from GSA to HUD. Uh, interestingly, during the pandemic and expectedly, we've seen HHS ramp up a bit, like a, a percentage point um, in terms of that uh, business flow through, which is not insignificant when you're talking about billions of dollars. Right. Chris, we're up on the break when they come back. I know you, you've worked on a, a business assessment, a strategic plan. I'd like to dive in that a little bit, you know, after you, we've level set and talked about your customer base and the growth and things. And I understand, you know, sort of where you're going next and, you know, why you did the business business plan and strategic assessment and what all that means. So my guest today is Chris Benetham. He is the assistant commissioner for the assisted acquisition service at the Federal Acquisition Service. I'm Roger Waldron, and you're listening to Off the Shelf on Federal News Network. Welcome back to Off the Shelf on Federal News Network. I'm Roger Waldron. My guest today is Chris Benetham. Chris is the Assistant Commissioner for the Assisted Acquisition Service at the Federal Acquisition Service in GSA. That's even longer that time, Chris. I added GSA at the end of that one. So um, we're talking about AAS and its role in supporting customer agency missions in the American people. And uh, Chris, I know you guys have been working on a business assessment, strategic plan. So I kind of hear, like to hear a lot about that, uh, like why you're doing it and where you think it's going and what does it all mean. And we can talk about some of the other things you're working on as well. Sure. Thanks for asking. Uh, I think that uh, even in uh, flush times or successful times, I think it, it pays to sometimes pause and reflect on where you've been and where you are and, and where you want to head. And that was the whole point of this business assessment that we undertook. Uh, it was the year before COVID, actually. Um, so we paused and we did um, interviews and surveys and focus groups across our stakeholder community. So we started with our workforce at all levels um, from across the AAS portfolio, across uh, FAS executives and our industry stakeholders as well. And um, we went to them to ask about how we can be better, right? And so we were getting the perspective from the workforce. We were getting that perspective from our partners. And what we did is we came back and we assembled all this input and we bucketized it, if you will, into, I'll say 15 to 20 strategic challenges. And then we figured out initiatives that would address the burning issues that we could see from those challenges. And um, from that, we have four overarching areas where we're focused on. We have human capital strategic focuses. We have financial focuses um, because we can't do what we do because we have to break even in our business. And we went forward with those strategic focuses and came up with things that we wanted to move forward. One of the big things was standardizing our business processes. And um, I was always told if you want to get a message across, and especially on on radio, you should repeat it, um, standardizing business processes. So I, I mentioned earlier that we have 12 client support centers, and um, traditionally they have done things by the far, but that allows for different ways of doing things. And we think that by standardizing how we do things, it will help our industry partners. It'll also help our clients because if you have one set of processes, uh, it'll be the same experience for a client, no matter where they enter the organization, or even if you have to transfer work across the organization from a capacity standpoint. If you have one set of business processes, our industry partners can most likely um, 
cut out some of the fat that it requires to have different um, sets of um, inputs they need to give to different um, client support centers when um, they're responding to solicitations and, and requests. So our goal um, in the long term is to get to a unified AAS enterprise approach on how we do business and how we approach our partners. So that's going to be a multi-year process. Um, we certainly have some of those things in process now, but we're finding opportunities when we enter new programs. For instance, the Small Business and Innovative Research Program that we undertook, we have a few client support centers, four of them at this point, that are doing cyber work, if I can say cyber. And we have made that program because it was new. We've made a unified approach, a unified set of templates, a unified way of doing that business, no matter which client support center you're in. And what that's doing is it's helping us practice standardization, right? Right. From the ground up. And we're going to do the same thing with uh, the Astro tool. Um, um, in order to come on and use that tool, you'll have to use a, set, a common set of standards and um, business templates. So uh, what that does is it helps us move toward a standard approach in general. And then we'll also be looking at how we can do all of our other business from a, a, a unified approach, from an enterprise approach, using best practices. Yeah, that's kind of music, I think, to companies' ears that, you know, that one of the challenges at GSA is you have all the different regions where your support centers are, the client support centers are, and they all historically have had different ways they do things. And that's not just in your, in, that's in the schedules and other things too. To the extent you can get things standardized, it does reduce your costs, makes you more efficient. Same time, it you know helps uh, drive efficiencies from the industry perspective. And that's ultimately, I think, valuable to the customer at the end of the day. You know, but one of the things about standardization, it's still, you still have to have that some flexibility in there, right? Because different customers want different things. So I, are you conscious of that? I assume as you, as you work on, on moving to the, to a standardized model. Definitely. We're not trying to be rigid. Um, we're trying to have, uh, if I can say, minimum standards. Part of the goal, though, is um, if you want to automate things, you need to do things in the same way. Otherwise, right. it's not going to work, right? So right. we want to do enough standardization where we can automate. And automation is so important as we move forward because that is really going to energize taking workload off the workforce where we can in terms of repetitive functions and allow them to focus on um, higher thinking type acquisition work. And I think that also will engage the folks even more in terms of um, taking that workload off as we move so, forward. So tell me, what is AAS North Star and AAS Ahead? I'm going to throw them both out there. That's, that's well, our North Star initial. is a result of the work that we did on our um, business assessment. And it's basically okay. our guiding direction uh, for the next several years in terms of focusing on that standardization focusing on high quality contracting and acquisition, focusing on innovation and uh, results for clients and, and improving uh, or having a premier customer experience. So they choose us first when they're thinking about uh, assisted acquisition services. Right. And um, AAS ahead, 
AS Ahead is um, an initiative that we have as we, we're engaging the entire organization. You know, we're in this really interesting period as we're beginning to think about reentering the workplace um, and whatever that's going to look like, whether it's going to be a totally telework environment, whether it's going to be a hybrid environment, or, you know, whether it's going to be someone in the office all the time. But we're calling that reentry, and we're trying to figure out what's the right mix for our part of the organization, because we were able to turn on a dime uh, when COVID happened. Uh, you know, I can think of a particular project. It was a project that Fetzen was doing for um, the Jake and DOD, you know, and hundreds of millions of dollars. And it was right, you know, they started it, I'll say February of, was that 2020? Yeah, we're in 2022. Yep. Um, and they had to switch midstream um, into doing fully virtual acquisitions. So they were inventing the process as they went, around, uh, went along on that um, as we after we shut down. And I'm really proud of the work that they did in terms of um, coming up with um, process that worked in the moment as they were actually doing the acquisition work and uh, having a successful outcome for that client. And we actually used a lot of those lessons to um, solidify those things as we've moved forward another, oh my gosh, I'll say a year and a half now, um, you know, two years as we're approaching it. So, you know, we have some really great thinking um, that happens across the organization every day. And the AS Ahead is continuing that great thinking about how we move forward in hiring folks and, and where they're going to be sitting, um, what we need them to do. Do we need them to sit with clients? Do we need to sit, sit in offices or can they work from anywhere? Those kinds of things. Yeah. Does, do you see that as, I mean, I think about people, you think about your organizations as, as, a, as an iterative process that is going to continue to evolve over time because circumstances are going to change and people's like thoughts about what hybrid means to them or virtual versus being in the office. It's all very um, dynamic, I guess, for lack of a better word. And so you, I think as a manager, that's a challenge, right? To understand to how to create a vision, but that vision's going to change over time. Are you finding that? Uh, totally. I think that flexibility is key. Agility is key. You can see it with every week and every month when we get a new, um, you know, spike or trough in COVID numbers, we've had to be agile in the, in the last two years. I'll tell you this, our focus for first and foremost, and this is GSA's focus because we're following, you know, GSA guidance on this is safety of people. Right. And that's certainly right. our number one priority. And you're right. It's going to be iterative, even as we move through and, you know, the pandemics in the rear view mirror, which, you know, I keep crossing my fingers on that one. Um, and, uh, as we look back, we're still going to need to be agile because business realities are going to change over time. And we need to be able to position ourselves in the moment um, to take advantage of those changes. Right. So, Chris, we're up on the break. When we come back, I want to get to get into some of the procurement trends that you're seeing in terms of support and also government requirements moving forward or for IT type requirements uh, and professional services requirements. My guest today is Chris Benetham. He is the Assistant Commissioner for the Assisted Acquisition Service at GSA. I'm Roger Waldron, and you're listening to Off the Shelf on Federal News Network. Welcome back to Off the Shelf on Federal News Network. I'm Roger Waldron. My guest today is Chris Benetham. Chris is the Assistant Commissioner for the Assisted Acquisition Service 
which is part of the Federal Acquisition Service, which is part of the General Services Administration. And uh, we've been talking about uh, AS operations or support of customer agencies and meeting mission requirements. And this is the interesting stuff. I mean, it's all interesting, but it's always interesting to get, you know, thoughts on procurement trends, what you're seeing customers uh, seeking in terms of requirements, but also if there are trends in the way the procurements are being conducted to support that customer, just, yeah, there's always something new. So Chris, I'd like to get your thoughts on that. You know, it's interesting. Um, several years ago, uh, five years ago, I would say we might've been 50, 50 on commodities versus services. And we've moved fully forward in a, in a services um, kind of area. So that's our sweet spot at this point. And I don't see that necessarily um, going backwards. So I, I see services uh, being uh, where we head forward. I think some of the trends that we're all seeing is the cybersecurity um, that's going to continue. I think that's still kind of being um, hammered out on what it's going to look like, right? Right. But, we're all going to have to be facing it. I think also other trends in terms of um, small business from this administration and, and their push on small business. I think trends like uh, the environmental and, and green movement, climate change is going to also impact acquisition. I think that's still being hammered out as well and what that's going to look like. So lots of those big trends and in supporting administration initiatives. I think from an AAS perspective, um, I go back to some things that we mentioned a little bit earlier. You know, we're looking to standardize how we do our business process. And we last year set a platform that allowed us to start moving more quickly on how we do that. We had old um, legacy systems in our organization that helped us manage task order awards and projects and also manage the finances, right? Both of those really crucial for our clients. And half the organization used one set of systems, the other half used the other set of systems, but the that systems sounds didn't, like have the GSA. Same, <laughs> didn't have the same data yeah. in it. And that prevented us from easily, right? standardizing those processes. Well, as you recall, because we had a few conversations about this last year, we um, deployed our new business system, which is basically a real great foundation from which we can move to uh, move more quickly um, to standardize how we do the work. So our assist business system um, gives us that ability and it gives us the ability to, once we have those common ways of doing work, um, it gives us the ability to use AI and develop them, um, you know, bots to, to help the workforce uh, reduce the burden on them. In fact, we deployed something at the end of last fiscal year, you know, September, October timeframe for making it easier to do analysis on certain types of cost analysis for the work that the workforce is doing. And uh, we're still looking to see how that's being deployed out and uh, the benefit to the workforce because it's relatively new. But as we get better at that. Um, I think we can identify ways to um, do more processes that are labor intensive and create more bots. So I think that's great. Some items of interest from last year that we talked to your community and CGP about, um, you guys were looking at um, how we can make our systems better to work better for you. One of the things was saving invoices as draft, because I think in the new system, there's, um, you know, sometimes hundreds of line items in a contract and you couldn't save a draft and you could lose the work. I think that was very frustrating. We implemented that change um, a few months ago. We also put in a change in the assist system to encourage the organization to put their 
um, solicitations out on eBuy versus Assist Connect. I think that was something that your community was looking for. That was also um, implemented um, in the last few months. And what, the other item that I think was big for your group was um, making sure that you could download all the attachments and in a solicitation request um, as opposed to one-off downloads. Um, that could save a lot of time. And I believe that change is coming up next month. So we listen right. to what you say and right. we count on what you say in your input in order for us to make ourselves better. And I, I encourage you guys to uh, keep coming up with those ideas. We need that. Right. I think it demonstrates that sort of collective effort and it takes input from industry, but uh, input from your customers and then and then your own self-generated like ideas and stuff. That's how you get better, I think. And, and we appreciate the, the, you know, the openness and the engagement. So a couple other things, just trend-wise, you, you've, taught, you've gone to services you know, primarily, right? And you know, products a lot less from a contract type perspective is, uh, is most of that work now being cost reimbursement? Is it firm fixed price? Where's the mix on that? Do you have a sense on that? I see a lot more. Well, so I'm the head of contracting activity for the FedSim organization. I see a lot more um, cost versus mm -hmm. firm fixed price. And I would say that as you get into the more highly complex services acquisitions, that is mission critical, you're going to find that it's going to be more of those sensitive type of contracts like costs, right? So that's the trend I see. Uh, I'm not sure that I see that turning around because as you look at the, the trends of our organization in terms of the projects we do, you know, five years ago, we probably did a thousand new awards a year. Doesn't mean we weren't managing a whole bunch of other contracts that we awarded the year before and the year before that, sure. right? But this year we awarded 900 and the average value is certainly much more than it was five years ago. So what you're seeing with that is um, more highly complex acquisitions coming our way. Right. And well, you mentioned the Jake you do and stuff and artificial intelligence and uh, all kinds of things in that area as well. So national security type stuff as well. You have a part of your organization does that kind of work too, right? Yeah. There's a, um, a whole civilian sector that works with the intelligence community. And there's also other work that's being done in terms of the ISR work um, across DOD. So, yeah. 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 So the trends are good. I don't want to get the false impression, though, that we don't do smaller projects and really cool projects and really innovation, uh, innovative projects and, and new technology products. Let me give you an exact example. That'd be great. Um, there was a, a small business, a Cibber project, um, and it was done for um, a Colorado airbase. Um, and basically, it's an Airbnb type app for child care services. And it came about because there was an airman that was going to be deployed and they needed to find child care services. So they developed it for their just local um, child care community that was then used to, uh, went out with um, a Cibber project, and now it's going to be deployed to, I don't know, maybe eight, nine more bases. So that's really kind of cool work, small work, and yeah. yet really meaningful work for our troops um, and our warfighters. So um, that's great in terms of taking care of the military. Yeah, money does define importance, but there's other projects that, you know, that are just as important for what you things like you described, how that can improve quality of life and support for uh, for the warfighter. So that's great stuff. And Chris, we're up on the break, uh, but when we come back, you know, I just want to spend a couple minutes. Uh, the trends are all positive: the growth, the complexity, lots of services, the standardization. They just want to 
get your thoughts on how you stay on top of that. Uh, you touched on a little bit earlier. And then I'd like to talk a little bit about, you know, you, you know, Astro and the portfolio and how you go about, you know, tackling projects using those, t- those vehicles and the tools in the toolbox, so to speak. My guest today is Chris Benetham, who is the uh, assistant commissioner for the assisted acquisition service at the federal acquisition service in GSA. I'm Roger Waldron, and you're listening to Off the Shelf on Federal News Network. Welcome back to Off the Shelf on Federal News Network. I'm Roger Waldron. My guest today is Chris Benetham. Chris is the assistant commissioner for the Assisted Acquisition Service at the General Services Administration, and AAS provides project management support, acquisition support for customer agencies in meeting and delivering requirements to support their missions. And as we talked about last night, there's lots of great trends, the growth, the complexity, the high value of the work, whether it's a small dollar uh, project that's a cyber project or a big dollar uh, artificial intelligence jo- job, whatever. So, you know, how do you stay on top of these things? You're moving forward and, you know, sort of what does the, you see the future? We've talked to, you're, you're very future forward looking. Just get some summary thoughts on that. And then I'd like to talk a little about, you know, some of the vehicles that you use and particularly, at, you know, your new contract vehicle that you awarded to support customer agencies and that's Astro. So the future. So, um, you know, I, I mentioned earlier that we can't do anything we do without the people. And I think that's going to be one of our largest challenges is um, being able to hire at the same tempo and retain folks. Um, we have a big commitment in terms of the programs we put in place to put projects and developmental assignments and training in our um, our workforce's um, sites so they can grow their careers with us. Um, so we're very much dedicated to investing in the workforce. Uh, we want to invest in them, not just um, bringing new people on, but also bringing new tools to them that makes their lives easier, whether that's um, project management support, um, whether it's you know artificial intelligence, whether it's RPAs and bots. We're looking to be creative in how we can re- reduce the workforce burden, because in the end, we can't do what we do without um, skilled professionals, and they are the ones that build these tight relationships and deliver on clients' missions. And I think, you know, going back to when we started this conversation, I was talking about the culture, and that's one of the reasons I really wanted to come to work with AAS. It's not just acquisitions we're doing, Roger. We're actually, you know, our folks are passionate about our clients' missions um, and and delivering for them. And so we just need to make sure that we're removing the hurdles um, in their way so they can run forward um, to deliver on those missions. So that's going to be critical in terms of a challenge moving ahead is being able to continue that at the rapid pace. You know, we're kind of a victim of our own success in terms of the growth that we've seen. Right. And and more people learn about you, the more, hey, I got to check that out and see if you know, they can help us. Right. So, um, you know, 90% of the work that we do, um, we're using GSA tools. This is to answer your second question uh, or comment earlier about how we continue to grow or future looking. Uh, Last year, 90% of the work that we did, we were using tools that we already had in place from a GSA acquisition um, standpoint, like Oasis, Oasis Small Business, Vets2, things like that. So I think that as we move forward, we're still going to be heavily reliant on those tools. We're very much invested on what the next iteration of Oasis looks like in, in 
terms of services marketplace or or how that comes to be and what functionality it's going to have for us. Um, we're very invested in what the um, IT category work group is doing in terms of those uh, stars contracts, Polaris, etc. So um, we can't do what we do as well as we do without those tools. So those are critical to our success as well moving forward. And then when we don't have tools in place, you know, that other 10% or so um, that I was talking about, we'll either use other agency vehicles or we'll do open market. And I mean, if you want to go into the Astro conversation, um, there wasn't a real good fit for, you know, the intelligence type work on the tool. So we put in place the Astro tool for our own internal use in AAS. So we can use it on behalf of our clients, but our clients cannot use it directly. Right. Can you talk a little bit about the scope of Astro and just to level set for the listening audience? You know, this is a multiple word IDIQ that was done. Um, it's platform based, but I'll let you get into that. But one of the things I wanted to mention, too, is it was uh, it seems to me it was awarded on schedule and uh, with no long term protests that kept it from, you know, moving to full operations, which congratulations on that success, Chris. Um, So tell us a little bit more about what Astro is and uh, what uh, you guys are going to be using it for. Well, thanks for the congratulations, but that goes to um, the FedSim team and Todd Richards and his group um, that we're working on um, putting that tool in place. They're um, certainly very talented and uh, they took the time they needed to do the market research up front. And I mean, they did a lot of market research um, for this industry community and um, they built a strategy that engaged with industry repeatedly, listened to them, tweaked our acquisition strategy, and they came up with a vehicle um, that in the end was awarded on time last July. And, uh, you know, there was one or two, maybe three protests, but they were all um, taken back by the the companies um, in short order. They were resolved very quickly and we've been able to move forward. And I would anticipate that there'll be Astro Awards this fiscal year. Um, so oh, we're, we're going to be doing training. Um, once again, we're being very intentional how we break this out. We're doing it in a standard unified way from a business process. We have five of our client support centers that are going to be doing this kind of work. We've been developing the templates and guides. Scope reviews will happen at the Astro team. Yeah, tell us a little bit about the scope, just what, what it entails. It's, it's drone technology platforms, you know, services associated with platforms. Yes. It's um, 10 different pools of of vendors, right. And various like space, you know, that kind of type of pool platforms. Um, What it allows is a fully serviced manned or unmanned actually approach and solution. For instance, if you need I don't know, um, some kind of sensors, remote sensing capability, this might be the tool you would use, um, that kind of thing. All right. So, and did your market research, tell you, this is a growth area, <laughs> definitely, oh, it's, right? Um, I, I think the, the market research said, and, and this was before it was in everybody's backyard, um, <laughs> it, just a tremendous growth area. In fact, this doesn't have a, a ceiling value on this tool. It also was the first 
acquisition tool that GSA put out um, that's using the unpriced um, authority from the 876 authority. Um, and so that, what that allows for is competition at the task order level. And what we'll be doing is using a lot of our um, past um, performance that we've done in-house. So we have a lot of, you know, those kinds of historical rates that we can look at as well as the, the labor rates. So we're looking forward to being intentional on how we break out using this tool. And we anticipate that it's going to be um, very popular. And we put it in place for the DOD community, like the sponsor for this tool is a um, DOD organization. But, you know, all agencies, if they meet the scope, will be able to tap into it through an AAS organization. Right. And this is unique in the sense that it's that you place the orders. It's not like Oasis or the schedules, right? It's not a government contract. It's a tool just for our own use. Uh, I want to be real clear about that because I don't want people to mistake the fact that they can use it directly. They cannot. It's not a government-wide tool. Right. And it seems to me that kind of focus, too, would allow you to really craft something that you fundamentally understand meets the needs of your customer base, you know, uh, and Oasis and all and Align and all those and stars and bets they do as well, but it's uh those are even, you know, those are government wide contracts. So they might not be quite as focused on your customer base as, as this vehicle is. Is that fair to say? It is Roger. And, uh, you know, we've done a lot of work on remote with the remote sensing center, you know, it used to be a, a naval organization and that's how we kind of entered into this work. Um, and from that, um, you know, they had clients across the DOD and so those clients started coming to us. So that's where we got this kind of area of expertise. Um, a few of our regions were doing that work. And, um, so we thought this tool would be very useful because although you can use Oasis um, for these types of projects, and we're not going to say no to that, if client support centers have a client that goes to them and they need this kind of work, they could use Oasis. Astro is a more elegant fit, though. All right. So last question before we have to go. So your use of 876, is it fair to say, did it streamline the process for folks and, and move the procurement and support the procurement uh, effectively? I think on the front end, it certainly did. I guess on the back end, we still have to see how that works out. Right. From the task order competitions, how that's going to yeah. sort out. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That'll be interesting to follow that and see how your experience is on that. I'll have you back to talk about that, Chris. How about that? That'd be great. Sound good? That'd be great. So I want to thank my guest today, Chris Benetham. Chris is the assistant commissioner for the assisted acquisition service at the federal acquisition service in GSA. I'm Roger Waldron, and you've been listening to Off the Shelf on Federal News Network. You've been listening to Off the Shelf with Roger Waldron of the Coalition for Government Procurement on Federal News Network. Tune in Tuesday mornings at 11 or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One. best every day you need proven quality sleep every night science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental emotional and physical health 
And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.